0: Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, and Hummels, Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new vehicles, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Cube, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The uh, preseason All-America team is out. And the preseason All-America team includes Micah Parsons, first team, And Pat Friermuth, first team. Yep. It just gets more frustrating by the day, doesn't it? But, can't keep thinking, what if? Just have to look forward to what it's... um, What's going to be? But Pat Fryermuth made first team, and as did Micah Parsons. Uh, tre- you know Trevor Lawrence's first team uh, quarterback, uh, Chuba Hubbard of Oklahoma State, Travis Etienne of. of- of uh, Clemson is also on that first team. So it is what it is. And again, it's time to do whatever we can to move forward with this thing. And hopefully, we'll get some concepts this week as to what they're doing. And that's what uh, you know. Again, that's that's what we have to look forward to. And what kind of spring concept do they come up with? How many games? When do you want to start? Just as important to be. When do you want to finish? Uh, we did talk a bit yesterday, but I'll just reiterate this. Uh, they, let me give you a couple of quick things. First, uh, let's let's do that. Uh, on football and uh, let's try and alleviate any confusion when it comes to um, uh, what they're allowed to do this is what I understand they're allowed to do okay and what they're allowed to do is they are allowed to go twelve hours a week between now and October fourth? Well, actually, it'd be Monday between starting Monday because I mean right now everybody's in a mandatory seven-day quarantine because they just got back on campus. Our fourteenth meeting, in case, and I think football is going to be a determining factor in this. In case. Some elements of football in the SEC, ACC, Big 12, Sun Belt, American. If they go south a bit, they want to be able to tweak the ability to tweak the schedule on October 13th or 14th. If there's no need, they'll just keep going with what they decided on September 16th. So that's what they're doing right now. That's where everything stands today. So Pat Friermuth. Micah Parsons' first-team All-Americans. Team doing its quarantine right now. About seven days. They're allowed to do start doing 12 hours of practice, uh, 12 hours of team time per week starting next week. Five of the 12 allowed to be in helmets and spider pads. The rest is strength and conditioning and meetings, and they're allowed to do that up up until October 4th. So that's where that stands. And then we gave you the basketball schedule as to what they're considering right now. Now, the Patriot has not made a decision yet on what to do with the basketball end, correct?
1: Correct. And there is really no idea of when that timetable is going to be. Because when they made that announcement, they just said winter and spring will be determined at a later date. Still haven't heard anything since.
0: Well, I would think that uh, one of the elements would be what does the NCAA want to do? If the NCAA comes out and says, hey, look, you start September 29th, you can go November 10th, now everybody has to make their own individual decision. Um, uh, Anybody, they have to make their own individual decision based on campus circumstances, state circumstances, regional circumstances but if they think everything's going trending in the right direction and the NCAA says hey go time September 29th first game November 10th let's shoot for that then I'm not so sure what would hold them back other than local circumstances right Now, Penn State has three of them um, on uh, three Patriot League games on the schedule. They've got Bucknell, they've got Boston University, they have Holy Cross. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, already I know that the, um, obviously the Ivy League's not going to go until the 1st of January. Also, I guess the Pac-12 says they're not going till the 1st of January, correct? So that's that's another one that's thrown in there. very interesting but some of those decisions still have to be made but we want to make sure we stay ahead of the uh, uh, of the game here Uh, that way you're not surprised by anything when it comes up Like yeah yeah I heard about that in the show And of course, we told you about the All-Americans, as well, uh, and then high schools. What they get, I believe here in State College, I think they're making a determination next week on whether State College is going to play high school football or not. It's not. It's not etched in stone here, but State College is go time. They're hoping. I mean, I know I have a neighbor down the street her son is plays football and they're on pins and needles wondering what the heck is going to happen
1: here in the Valley, Steve, the P-Hack said they're going to do eight games for football this year, only in conference, and this is an in-conference only games for all of the fall, so golf gets underway this Thursday, tennis will get underway next Monday, and then everything else is going to start on the 11th. Wow. But only eight games for football. Okay. So there's some instances where if you're a team in Hack One, you're probably you're going to play some opponents twice to fill out the eight games. Okay. Hmm. Well, there you go. And we do have Lewisburg, Chickalemi, Seals Grove updates all posted at wkok.com. Broadcast times and all that. All right.
0: There you go. I mean, because obviously, I mean, you know who behind the scenes is just pushing so hard.
1: (laughs) Well, Shekka Lemmy's in that spot. They have two games with Jersey Shore this year and two games with Milton, I believe. I I haven't got a chance to look at Lewisburg or Seals Grove schedules yet. Right. Hmm.
0: And, uh, I mean... (laughs) Look, these are all hard decisions. There's no getting around. These are just really difficult decisions. I mean, look, we're all guessing, right? We're all guessing. I mean, even to a point, the experts are guessing. I mean, there's there's been an unpredictability of this, both pro and con to it. You know, the pro is, I mean as how it slowed down in June and now how it slowed down again. The con has been how it really picked up in, in July. Yeah. Well, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ben Kershaw CBS Sports Today, along with Neil Kulong on News Radio 1070, WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And great pre owned inventory to go with the great new lines. A Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai—all at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Time now to check in with. Ben Kirchival, CBS Sports. Ben, great to have you with us again. Welcome back.
2: I am doing well. I appreciate you asking. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. All right, uh, you uh, wrote uh, uh, a really great piece uh, on uh, James Franklin expressing his disappointment over how everything played out in the Big Ten. What were your primary takes from that, but also on on how the Big Ten went about the process?
2: Well, look, I, I understand... Franklin's disappointment and the disappointment that he shares with a lot of people within the Big Ten community coaches, uh, players, parents, administrators. I, I, I understand it. I do. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, where a lot of the, the pent up energy really seems to be coming from is. It's not that the decision was made. It was, it was kind of how it went down. Lack of communication, lack of transparency. And Kevin Warren is really are you taking it on the chin out there. And to a degree, it's warranted. But remember, he, and I, I'm not saying remember to you, you know this, but just <laughs> in general, he, he works on behalf of the presidents and chancellor. Mm-hmm. He, he's getting paid very, very well to go out there and take some bullets for, for difficult decisions like this. If you want to really know who you should have your anger directed toward if you feel so inclined, okay, your presidents and chancellors, they have office hours, give them a call because they all have to communicate with one another. And if you have athletic directors coming out and saying, well, you know, we were never really sure, uh, you know, if there was a vote to post, well, look, man, you like right across the hall. You can't, like, stick your head out and say, you know, so it's either everyone's trying to CYA, and so when you do that 14 times over, you get what's happening in the Big Ten. Um, I think at the end of the day, we can disagree whether it's safer or not to, to play football, and I, I think there are meritable points on both sides. I know where I fall, but I get where, where other people have their arguments. Um, but if you're going to make a call Pac-12's not catching any heat for this. Granted, culturally, they're a little bit different. But if you're going to make your call, be open, show your findings, and stick with it. Make sure everyone's on the same page.
0: Right, yeah. And that it's interesting you mentioned the Pac-12, because I brought this up last week. I said, you notice in the Pac-12, nobody has said anything.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's yeah. that's what I've found interesting. Coaches haven't said anything. Players haven't said anything. Uh, ADs haven't really said anything. It, it seems like f- they have been all on the same page all the way through. And you know, let's face it, their players are as disappointed as anybody.
2: Yeah. Well, they're all—they're all—they're all in the corner of firing Larry Scott. That's
0: where they're in. Well, see, there—there there <laughs> is, by the way, a unifying presence. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: right. <laughs> right. The way these go with Larry Scott, um, but the SEC, the ACC, the Big Twelve, along with the American Sun Belt, they're going to continue on and and push forward. I'll take a different tact here. If—if if they're successful in playing. In the in the fall, and I know the, the spring semester is there. It would be, and I don't mean spring football. I mean spring semester. Would at least right. give everybody some semblance of confidence for the Big Ten, Pac-12, and others to play a limited spring semester uh, because the others succeeded in the fall. Would would you know? Would that be a plus?
2: It, it would, and you know, I keep seeing this. Whole year, and a year meaning uh, the school year, not necessarily calendar year, but you know, this twenty twenty one framed as in, depending on who does what, who's going to look good and who's going to look bad. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. We're fighting a virus, man. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just trying to do what mm-hmm. they think is the right thing. And from state to state, region to region, it's very different. Yep. Um, and and everyone has to do what they think is, is right for them. And when we talk about, you know, sh- should you play now? Should you play later? No one knows. I mean, that's the thing is no one has ever really, well, very few people have really come out and said the the right thing, which is we don't know, we are guessing and we hope that we guess right. Right. And that is what it comes down
0: to. Right. In other words, Look, the Big Ten's trying to guess right on this and saying, hey, look, we're right not playing right now. Meanwhile, the SEC yeah. saying we're guessing right that we can do it. I mean, so that's what they are doing. Although, the other day I know Nick Saban said something about playing in the spring would be like JV football, and the only thing I said was, Nick, play a game first, okay? <laughs> if, if you can play a couple of games first, then maybe you can say that. <laughs> I said, at least get to that point.
2: And you know, look, I'm not here to pick nits with anybody. Ohio State won a national championship like 5 years ago with a third string quarterback. Don't sit here and tell me that like, well, if you play spring football that Justin Fields automatically is JV squad. Like don't give me that. Like everyone's everyone's got <laughs> players. If you're going to play, you play if not, if not. And again, just this is this is what always happens when football and real life intersect. We frame it yeah. so frequently <laughs> through the lens of the sport. Yeah. And, man, it's just not – again, whether you think it's safer to play or not play, whatever your opinion is, guess what? It's secondary, man. 170,000 Americans have died in six months. Yeah. It's really – viruses have taken down – far greater things than college football. And you know what? If we get five weeks into this thing and you got to punt, guess what? You wouldn't be the first one who's had to do this. Right. I mean, it's just its we talk so much about what this means for football. And you know what? Everyone gets a mulligan this year, man. Everyone does. Yeah. Uh,
0: have you, I know that the uh, NCAA and CBS Sports has done a great job. Matt Norlander is the one that's written about the options that they have on the, on the table. Uh, that's the next... Decision it seems it's going to be probably September sixteenth, uh, and they have a tweaking area in October. They can go with that. It's same thing. Do you see uh, any success in football then, uh, if they have it or not have it, dictating how the uh, the NCAA wants to go about its basketball business?
2: Yeah, that's a hard transition. Um, you're talking about two very different things. I will say this: and Norlander and, and Gary Parish, too, to an extent, yeah. kind of been on for sort of the forefront of, of this thinking. Basketball—if you play it right, if you really try to be creative with this, you might be able to bubble it. I don't—I mean, it's—you have to really think outside the box. You really have to figure out, okay, or, or you know, how are we going to do this um, in terms of pulling things off? But I tell you what—the the veil, college football—I will say that it, the veil has really been lifted here. Like North Carolina, within a week. Said we can't have in-person classes. Like we just we, we can't. There's too many hot spots. But we're going to continue to play football. Mm-hmm. And so the veil of these athletes being part of the regular student body, well, that's been lifted. I mean, so so now I think there's almost no shame with these institutions saying, okay, if we can figure out how to safely isolate these players and make something happen while they're taking online classes. I I think they're absolutely going to take advantage of it and do it. So for college basketball, I I think the the powers that be in the mind behind this are probably thinking of every scenario of how they can actually make it work. I would say college basketball probably has a better chance of making something like that happen than football. Too much, way too many other factors in football.
0: Yeah, Uh, which is interesting because – just a quick quiz question for everybody out there how many in person classes did Justin Fields and Joe Burrow take last year none they they took all their classes online so i mean it, so it's not like it's 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 an uncommon thing that happens you know sometimes you're able to work it out where you're able to take your class now burrow was almost he only had a few credits to graduate anyway uh but That's how they did it. It's not uncommon. In some ways, by taking classes online, don't you actually create a bubble internally for yourself?
2: You you can. I mean, that's the way. Again, I've never been. I've never really sided with the fact that we should be playing football this fall. Right. But I understand if you're. But if you're going to do it, the best way to do it is for everyone else to be online and not be on campus. I mean, that, that is your only way that this is really passable at a, at, a, at a massive level.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate it very much. Great coverage, as always.
2: All right, man. Thank you so much.
0: Ben Kirschel, CBS Sports. Next uh, half hour, Neil Kulong on the Steelers. And the latest on the Hall of Fame career, Chase Claypool. Here on News Radio 1070, WKOK. With us on the show today, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre owned inventory. Fabulous service department to back up your important purchase. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us today at the show. I've been um, going through the the Flyers, by the way, lost last night. And it goes back to what we talked about yesterday. The defense for the Islanders it can be suffocating. And guess what? The defense of the Islanders yesterday was <clears throat> suffocating just the way it is and that is uh it's the way it is
1: And the other thing, Steve, that you talked about with Sam Carcidi yesterday, none of the big guns for the Flyers, Drew, Couturier, Konechny, those guys, Niskanen especially, haven't contributed so far. None of them have scored in the Flyers' first 10 games there in the bubble. 11 games, yeah, now, I should say. Yeah.
0: they yeah, got to score. Been, yeah, at some point, they have to break out. They, they may be playing well, but they're not scoring, and it's the scoring slump. Because the Islanders are a team that, if you hold them to, um, if you if you hold the Islanders to two goals or fewer, you can beat them. If they hold you to two goals or fewer, can't. You have no chance.
1: And they have the it's, goaltender uh, to keep him in with Carter Hart. He kept him in that game last night.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: He made some brilliant saves, including the one Robbie made in the I think it was late in the first period.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that was hard. Um, hmm. The way he, um, I thought he played really well. He just seemed look. The way they play makes it... I'm talking about the Islanders. You have to get to the lead. You know, I was talking about this the other day. Excuse me. I was talking about this the other day. About Lamar Jackson. I said, fabulous quarterback. And the... Ravens do a great job of building a style that fits his skill set. But one area where, for him, and he's worked very hard, by the way, he has worked very hard to become a better passer. But the Ravens are, for the most part, a front running team. Okay? And. In being a front-running team, if they fall behind like they did in the Tennessee game, they don't quite... I think they're an excellent passing team when they're leading. They're not a great passing team when they're behind. Because now the defense is playing you differently. And that was... uh, evident in that game now let's get to the Islanders so let's bring it back full circle the Islanders they get to the lead they become suffocating and if they're behind they don't have enough firepower the Islanders to play from behind
1: and here's the stat to back it up Flyers since they've been in the bubble 7-0 and when they score first 0-3 when yep. they don't but mm-hmm. they haven't lost back-to-back games since January so we'll see if they, they keep that up do I think that happens? I don't know I just don't know what the way things are being offensively right now, and the power play still stinks. Now, they didn't get an opportunity for that last night. But if you can't just generate some offense and keep them on their toes, as you said, they're just going to suffocate you.
0: And that is a problem. Again, the ability um, to get to the lead and the ability to play with the lead as opposed to having to play from behind and yeah you know, there you go and uh, yeah that's why I use the comparison to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson boy you you watch the Ravens play with the lead man they are good. You watch the Ravens fr- playing from behind. Hey, they hang in there. Um, but now yeah, that's. Ooh. It's the same thing watching the Sixers play. The Sixers can play with the lead, but, boy, the Sixers were kind of – the entire – all four games against the Celtics They were behind.
1: Oh, God, they're a different conversation.
0: Well, they didn't have Simmons, so let's start with that. All right. I still don't think it would have mattered
1: anyway. The Celtics know how to guard him because he can't shoot or he won't shoot.
0: Well, here's the difference. I mean, the big difference is – the big difference is that the Celtics went out and they drafted well. Okay, so Embiid and Simmons are drafted. The Celtics have drafted Jalen Brown, they drafted Tatum. But they signed Gordon Hayward and I know Hayward then eventually got hurt. They signed Gordon Hayward and they signed Kemba Walker. There's the difference between the two teams. And not only that, the Sixers openly were tanking to get these picks.
1: The process has failed. And I hated it from the beginning.
0: (laughs) First of all, I think anybody who endorses tanking as a sports strategy hates sports. I'm sorry. You play to win. I don't want to hear it's a brilliant strategy.
1: It's not a brilliant strategy. And here's the other thing. They only got the number one pick one time. And let's be honest, he hasn't been available a lot.